All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. going on good people of the internet it is time for on comicsgrounds.com flagship podcast panel to panel where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such we are back once again once again we're talking about all the good comic and nerdy news that goes on throughout the space of nerddom and great things like that don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher radio i cannot talk um spotify youtube all those great places you can follow the podcast on twitter at ptp underscore podcast and you can check out the website on comics ground on twitter and instagram at on comics ground and you can check out the website on comics ground.com with the hyphens between those words for me real quick that way you can check out all of our amazing content like reviews previews solicitations all those great things and I will introduce my amazing cast. My name is James Portis. Uh, uh, to my left, we have the man who hit up the dispensary and is now at home safe, away from all the drama of the world, Mr. Afro Baggins himself, Travis Tucker. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. Um, for those of you that missed it, they have Harold Galact- Harold of Galactus Thor as a skin on Fortnite. And I, I can't stand all that. I can't stand it. Like, I, 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 that, that was going to be in my notes, the idea that um, they, they announced with, like, a collaboration with Epic Games and Marvel where apparently this event, like, this Nexus War or whatever, is, like, in canon with Donny Cates' run, and I'm like... Are you serious? That's, that's what they said in the press release, and I was like, I have a hard time believing that, but okay, sure. See, I just wanted to have my Travis Scott skin rockin' Mjolnir... And now I'm upset. <laughs> are you? Are you? Is you that bad? No. I. This doesn't need to be canon. There's no story in Fortnite. Well, well especially especially when you got like regular She-Hulk, like not like super buff She-Hulk. You got like '90s uh, uh, upgraded Storm, which I love that costume. I may hate Fortnite and Epic Games, but like that costume looks fly as fuck. I, I will not complain about that. They gave her her punk alternative, too. Cause I know I saw that. Not. And I mean, like, they went through all the hassle to get Travis Willingham to come in and voice Thor for the for the commercials. Like, he wasn't already busy with Critical Role and all the other shit he does. So I got to give him respect on that one. But just in general, it's just like, 
I, I don't believe this is in canon, but they they want to say that, so sure. Um, to my right, we have the amazing woman who is enjoying her new lazy boy chair while hanging out with us, talking about all the crazy shit going on, and like me, is very furious about what's going on with New Mutants. We have Mary. How are you doing this evening? I am enjoying this chair. <laughs> shit. I have, uh, th- this, this podcast is not sponsored by Voodoo Ranger, but if Voodoo Ranger wants to spo- uh, sponsor this podcast, I would love you forever. Um, I am drinking my Voodoo Ranger Imperial Ale right now, and I am loving myself. But we are going to go ahead and dive into the discussion. Before we do, uh, like, get into the heavier top, well, the, like, the, the more, in, in like, divisive topics of the evening, we want to come together as a trinity and give our condolences to the loss of our king, our Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman. This man passed away yesterday, Friday, and he had been battling colon cancer for a long time. And I am going to try to keep my composure because tomorrow for Blurred Grounds is going to be bad. Like, we are all going to be really emotional then. But in general, for this show, I wanted to keep my wits about me and not get too angry because. I find myself hurt at the loss of my king. I find myself angry at the people who for like years now had been like making fun of him for the way he had been losing weight. But in general, I will forever love this man because yes, Disney is a capitalistic juggernaut, but because of the way he portrayed himself, because of, of the work he did for this movie and other projects, of other things like portraying Thurgood Marshall, James Brown, Jackie Robinson, all these other great things. He worked his ass off and proved that a, a black superhero is needed in the mainstream because of all the kids that were touched, because of all the adults that were touched. I may clown on the Coming to America people who dressed up for, for the movie on uh, Blurred Grounds like I did last week or the week before last, but in general, I will forever love this man. And he... Proved he proved to me that people could accept a black superhero the way I did when I was a kid reading um, Christopher Priest's run of Black Panther. So I'm gonna throw it over to one of my castmates who want to say a few words on this. I uh, I there's a hole from his absence that I don't think is ever gonna be able to be filled. To be honest, because it was I never thought I would see a black superhero in my lifetime that would cross over so seamlessly to where I would see like little white kids and little black kids argue over who gets to be black. You know what I mean? Mm. That was always something I thought that was, you know, reserved for us. So no one ever wanted to be the black character except for us. It started Mm. with the black ghostbuster for me, you know? So to see these little kids that are nine and 10 being like, I want to be black Panther for Halloween. You see all like the little pale flesh underneath the the Black Panther costumes and shit. It was he was so well received and loved, not just for Black Panther, but for so many other things that I don't know if we'll ever get that again. Thank you, Travis. Mary, would you like to speak on this? Um, it, it was the the news was just absolutely shocking. Uh, the fact that his diagnosis wasn't uh, revealed to the public at all, I think. Uh, Like you said, James, I think that puts a lot into perspective, and I think that kind of makes that journey a bit more difficult to look at in retrospect. 
but I think he was a man of immense talent. He was a he was a fantastic actor. Uh, he completely disappeared into any character he played from uh, Jackie Robinson, even to T'Challa, a comic book character. So, I mean, that kind of talent is something that you only see once every generation. And I think he was taken from the world far too soon. And I truly hope that in his heart of hearts that he knew the impact that he had on generations of children. And, you know, even children that are yet to come. So. So there will be multiple future talks about him. There will be hopefully memorial for him that honors him in the history when it comes to Black Panther or any other character that he played. I know there's uh, Netflix postponed the reveal of a, of a, of a trailer that for one of the last movies he, he ever got to be in because of his death. So I, I really hope that people get to enjoy him with the way we've enjoyed him moving forward. So uh, I, I, it, it sucks that we have to like, go from this into the the drama that is the comic book industry but we're gonna do our we're gonna do our best to talk about this nonsense and you're putting it nicely it's a dumpster fire in there i mean i don't know like it's it's not even a dumpster fire it's a garbage barge that's like on fire and sinking while being sucked up to space in a tractor beam somehow I think Mary kind of phrased that better than I could because that I was gonna attempt that. She did better than me. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna keep it in, in the realm of Marvel for the for the for the first half of this. So um, New Mutants has been a thing for the past like what <laughs> for the past like three years of our lives, if not longer. Both both Mary and I grew up with the New Mutants as a comic book series and. When the movie was announced, we thought we were tripping. We thought we were going insane at the idea that new mutants would be coming. And then I said, you know what? I'll believe it until there's a trailer. And then the trailer came out, and I was pissed. And then it kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed. And, 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 and the thing is, Mary, you know for a fact that the the press team for New Mutants knew um. Like how many delays were a thing? Because if you look, if you're on TikTok and you see the New Mutants TikTok channel, there's a there's a Zoom call of like the actors pointing to different dates, like like twenty like 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 2017, 2018, 2019. Like oh no 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 not that not that now it's like and now that the movie is out in theaters, <clears throat> first of all, if you're going to a theater right now during coronavirus, you're fucking insane. Um, second of all, <laughs> second of all. Um, the the reports from this movie, not only from the idea of its existence, but from the plot being leaked to the controversies that have come out about this movie from reviewers, from the creators of the movie, from from the director, and Damn. from the creator of the, from the co-creator of the New Mutants himself that has come out. It 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 has been a shit show this week when it comes to this movie. So, let's start at the top of the list. So, as somebody who has appreciated uh, characters like Sunspot, characters like Cannonball for so many years, and you noticed that specifically Sunspot, specifically Roberto DaCosta, one of my favorite characters of the entire Marvel Universe, 
he was looking a little too light-skinned in this movie. And it, it, it became a rising controversy as the movie was like, like coming closer and closer to the idea of existing. And keep in mind, we are not going to throw shade at the actor. I'm not going to bash this man for playing a role. But when it was revealed what the, the, the director said about Henry Zaga's casting, it is very appalling. And I'm going to throw this one off to Mary because I'm going to get a little angry if I keep approaching forward on this one. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. And I don't really want to have to pull up the exact quote because I, I got have- it. I will I probably it. throw my computer into my TV, but... Oh, sure, sure. I'll, I'll quote it for you real quick. Yeah, go for so, it. So, um, uh, when, when asked uh, about why he was so light-skinned, um, he said, It's uh... like, uh, it, it's, it's like my, um, my thing was a goal to cast a real Brazilian, and I saw 300 of myself, black, brown, lighter-skinned, um... Uh, my goal was to find the best actor who, because they've done little work, was at least the closest to kind of what I saw in the head for, uh, in my head for that character. There was nobody who could, uh, who uh, hold a candle to Henry. It's like maybe if Henry didn't exist, I could have found somebody who was darker skinned to exemplify what I needed. But it was never about the color of the skin for me. Uh, he he followed up by asking. Uh, I know that that was the reporter who asked that, and then in response, uh, a reporter asked him, "Did that uh, just not fit into your vision for Roberto's story in the film?" And 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 the director says, "I didn't care so much about the racism I have heard fr- uh, about in Brazil about light skin versus dark skinned To me, it was uh, it was I wanted to represent Brazil in a positive way, and I wanted to find somebody who seems like he could uh, could look like a guy who had a silver spoon in his mouth, who was a really rich kid, uh, dad, and 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 Henry just exemplified all of those things. Hmm. Mary, would you like the director's name? Um, I forget. Um, Uh, James Charles. Uh, that was that was the writer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Boone. Well, James Boone. Oh, Josh, Josh um, Boone, Josh Boone, Josh Boone. Well, well, Josh Boone, whatever your damn name is. Uh, <laughs> I need to know: Does this man think that light, that dark skin, is a negative outlook on the country? Because, like, that's the message I got. Mm-hmm. Mary, do you want to go in before I go in? Okay, so the new mutants, <laughs> the new mutants are my children. Um, I have the new mutants graphic novel um, that a delightful friend that I have sent me an extra copy that he had. It is the first appearance of all but one of the original new mutant uh, cast members. The the um, Karma, who is thankfully not in the film. I've spent, a, I've spent a, the last year and a half being pissed off that she's not in the movie. And now <laughs> I'm just thanking sweet baby Jesus that she's not. But she appeared in Marvel Team Up 100. I have that. I have the New Mutants graphic novel. And I have New Mutants number one. And all three of them I got signed by Chris Claremont this year at C2E2. The New Mutants are my children. <laughs> and, and Like, tra- like Travis, to put this in perspective, like... 
the, the, the new mutants are Mary's children, like the Teen Titans are my children. Like, that's what the level of piss she is right now. And <laughs> Karma, she's, you know, she's the new mutant nobody cares about, who is my absolute favorite Marvel character. Um, so I was looking forward to this movie. I remember the exact date this tra- the first trailer came out. It was Friday the 13th um, in 2017. I saw the trailer. I'm like, okay, they're obviously doing Demon Bear. I'm pissed off that Karma's not in it, but holy shit, I like the idea of maybe it being framed as something of a horror movie. That I, I was so, so excited for this. And then it got delayed, and I'm like, well, fuck, okay. Then it kept getting delayed, and I'm like, okay, it's because I want to see this movie is why it's never coming out. <laughs> And it's just, you know, I had, it took me weeks to even realize that Alice Braga was supposed to be Cecilia Reyes. Because I'm like, who the fuck is this? And I'm like, wait a minute, what? No, this is, seriously, this is this is Cecilia. Because if you're not familiar with the New Mutants, uh, Cecilia is Afro-Latina. And they cast. She's dark. Oh, she's just, I mean, she's just straight up, like, she's always drawn as looking black, so... She like she literally has braids in almost every oh, yeah. picture of like on the earth of her. Oh yeah, almost every panel she has the braids. So I nice. mean, and then we have Alice Braga, who is the furthest. I mean, no disrespect to her, she's a very talented actress from things that I have seen her in, but furthest thing from. And I was instantly pissed off about Roberta, because I'm like, okay. This is some bullshit, but let me let me try to get through this. I think I was more like, I don't know. My feelings have been thrown into the emotional blender. <laughs> I had my reservations going into the movie. There were things that I wasn't happy about. And there were things that I felt like could work in the style. But as time went on, and the more we heard about it, the more I was starting to get a little nervous. Because, you know, they were talking about heavy reshoots, and I'm like, okay, maybe Disney's coming in and they want to try and clean it up, yada yada. And then you heard Mm. that there were absolutely no reshoots that were done. And I'm like, okay, then what the fuck is taking so long? And everything up to this week, I think, was when the bomb dropped is when Boone flat out said that he didn't care about the racism and colorism going on in Brazil. And it's just kind of like, this went from a red flag to a nuclear bomb. And then it kept getting worse because people have actually gone to the theater to see the film. I don't know why. Not crazy. But but then <laughs> it comes out that Ilyana is racist in the movie. Oh. And I'm sitting here ripping my hair out because Ilya. How are they gonna make magic racist? I don't know. I, I mean, to be fair, if you read Exiles, like Ileana's kind of crazy, but like in this, I never thought crazy could mean racist. I mean, Ileana. I mean, racists are crazy by default. Well, yeah. yeah. And Ileana hates, uh, kind of hates everybody. It was uh, Matt Rosenberg's Uncanny X Men. That Karma's crying to Danny that she thinks Ilyana hates her, and Danny completely summarizes Ilyana's entire character. And she says, Yana kinda hates everybody. And like that that is very much true. 
but I found um, a compilation someone had did, and someone had done, excuse me, of all of the instances in the film where Ilyana is straight up, like, racist to Danny. She asks if Danny knows how to grow weed. And uh, Danny's like, <laughs> and, and Danny's what? like, no. And I am quoting, so apologies in advance, I am quoting. Ilyana looks at her and says, quote, then what kind of Indian are you? And Danny responds, Cheyenne, because, you know, Danny Moonstar is Cheyenne. And Ilyana's like, yeah, I wasn't really asking. And then oh. the, the next scene shows Ilyana referring to her as, quote, Pocahontas. And she says something to the effect of, again, roughly quoting, um, this isn't a hospital, Pocahontas, it's a cage. And then in the third scene, uh, Danny is entering a room and Ilyana hops up on the couch and calls her Standing Rock. And she says something to the effect of, hey, again, quoting again, um, hey, Standing Rock, do you want a buffalo wing? Your people really love buffalo, don't they? Um, I mean, just some, just, and it just, it hurts. It's not, it's not just the racism. Yeah. written. <laughs> like. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh my god, a buffalo wing? Yeah. And it's like, and, and like, I'm just. But, but, it, guys, it's okay because she learns in the end. She realizes okay. that, that, you know, that maybe it's bad to be racist because she has to, like, go save Danny or some stupid shit. So she learns her lesson, and I'm making oh. air quotes with a stupid expression. Like I'm pretty the sure they just, I'm pretty sure that they just like did Green Book with mutants. That's what it feels like, and it's like, and I, I, I really am still just appalled at the sunspot shit. Like, not only the Native American shit just throws me on a fucking ledge. I want, I want to just beat who, like, whoever wrote that into submission. But specifically, the sunspot situation has me really irked because it's like you already had the, the playbook as to what not fuck up. Because Travis, if you look in the, if you look in the panel to panel Discord right now, you can see pictures of like, there's been times where different artists color um like uh freaking the sunspot in different shades but primarily from his inception was very dark then you have days of future past because days of future past did have sunspot in it and it was stupid because he basically just acted like human torch and looked like they reused human torch stock footage for him oh my and god what in the whitewashing Right, and, and, and the thing was, that, like in Days of Future Past, he was played by Adam Conta, who was a, a half white, half Mexican man. And it's like, y'all were almost there, but you didn't do it. And it's like, now y'all could have fixed this right then and there. And then you chose to cast this light skinned boy, and it's like, mm. he's <sighs> so light, too. Like, oh man, from, from it looks like they went from like. Giancarlo Rivera to like Bruno Mars, and I don't know how to feel about that. Okay, hey, Travis, keep your eyes in the Discord. I'm uploading a panel from the New Mutants graphic novel, which is his first appearance. And 
they also like fucking changed his origin from what I know, and the continuity nerd in me is pissed off about that too. Yeah. And then there, there Oh yeah, no. That that's holy shit. That is his wow. yeah, that is what he looks like in his first appearance. Wow. Mm-hmm. They really they really fucked the dog on this one. Oh that's yeah. The first, that's the first ball of uh, Voodoo Ranger gone. And we ain't even through topic two. Um, and then the other thing that came out of the woodwork was that um, b- b- uh, I, f- I forget how to pronounce his last name. Um, co-creator of the New Mutants, Bob McLeod. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on and win with that one because he co-created the New Mutants with Chris Claremont, and uh, he had came out out out, out of the the the, the thing w- with the whole ish- uh, all of his issues. That were going on, he uh, he said. I was very excited when I heard that they were making a new mutants movie. I thought making it into a horror movie was perhaps an interesting idea, but not all how the characters should be introduced to the public at large. But hey, my character's in a movie. I never uh, would have thought that actually would happen. But then I was disappointed when they didn't give Danny Braids. Although I like Blue Hunt, the the, the actress who play uh, uh, who pl- who plays her. Um, I, I was disappointed when, uh, Ronnie wasn't a redhead with spiky hair, although I adore Maisie Williams. I was disappointed when, uh, that Sam isn't as tall and gawky, although I, I like Charlie Heaton. But mainly, I was very disappointed that Roberto isn't short and dark-skinned. Yet, another example of Hollywood whitewashing, there's no excuse. Uh, he, apparently then, in his statement, he took a shot at Josh Boone and said, so basically, Josh Boone erased everything I contributed to the way the characters looked. And now, the movie has come out at last, and apparently they've credited someone named Bob, Bob MacLeod, because they didn't even spell his name right, they added they added an A to his name. It's MacLeod. Uh, oh, MacLeod, okay, cool, thank you for that. Um, they couldn't even be bothered to check the spelling of my name in the last three years, and they can't be fixed. They will be on the movie forever. I think I'm done with this movie. So, y'all couldn't even respect the creator of New Mutants, let, like, let, let alone get half of what's going on correctly. And, like he said, Maisie Williams, Blue Hunt, um, y- y- y'all ain't to blame for this. Um, old girl from, uh, from, the, uh, from the one movie with... Uh, Friggin', I can't think, uh, like, um, Split. The old girl from Split. You're, you're not at fault for this. It's Anya Boone's Taylor fault. Joy. Thank you. Um, it, it's, it's not y'all's fault. It's Boone's fault. Boone made all these horrible decisions, and to the point he didn't even spell his, the dude's name right. That tells you that this movie was, was just busted to go, from, like, from go. Like, from the green light, it was just done. And... I can't even imagine what it felt like to be those actors and have to get on the Zoom calls for the promotional like stuff for this movie and be like, wow, it's been like four, almost five years since we like filmed this and we had already had to come back for reshoots. And you're telling me that we're on a freaking Zoom call during a pandemic to do shit for this movie? Like, I can't even imagine like th- th- their thought process right now. Like, some of them have already moved on to other projects. Like, Maisie I mean, Williams, Williams went and f- finished Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, this movie is probably so far off of their radars by now that, I mean, they have all probably moved on to other things. I think Anya Taylor-Joy, I think she's done a few other things Mm -hmm. um, between now and then. 
I, I will I will admit that um, I know Blue Hunt's done some stuff on the CW. Um, Maisie Williams is, you know, Game of Thrones famous. And uh, I've seen Anya Taylor-Joy in a few things. She's really good in The Witch, by the way. But I'm pretty unfamiliar with the rest of these actors. So just, ugh, it just, it hurts. And my heart goes out to Bob McCloud because... You know, this was kind of his moment because Claremont got to be in Days of Future Past. Like mm-hmm. he is, he and Len Wein both, they are in the goddamn movie. And it, it's just like, oh my God, it hurts. It hurts. That is pretty rough. This movie wasn't supposed to break my heart. And I think I was just, when the initial trailer drop came, I think I was just so blinded by that sheer nerd excitement. You guys know the feeling I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I think I was just so blinded by that that it was just kind of this slow downward descent over the last few years that I'm not typically a fan of pirating, but I'm not going to pay any type of thing to see this movie. I'm just going to pirate it online, like have some popcorn and some tissues and emotionally stuff my face and cry while experiencing what the fuck was this thing. Like, Yo, I, I looked at the IMDb and apparently Adam Beach plays um Danny's dad. Yeah, she's and I, that's fucking hilarious. It, maybe he'll get to survive in a superhero movie once. <laughs> just once in his career. I mean, the minute they fucking made him Slipknot in Suicide Squad, I was like, well... As the as the avid Suicide Squad fan and leader, if I recall from Ostrander's uh, Suicide Squad, Slipknot dies, and he's the only one not being promoted enough in the material for the movie. So I'm guessing Adam Beach is gonna die. It's just like, <laughs> uh... oh shit! What if all... they don't kill Ridge Runner? I don't know. That that would just be like the knife twisting somehow. Also, Alice Braga, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry if you die in Suicide Squad 2 and you're in the same movie as Adam Beach, I will be so depressed for you. So, so please don't die. Um, that's where I'm going to leave that one because New Mutants is a hot piece of garbage and we're going to go ahead and move on from that mess. That way Mary we, and I don't start crying. If we keep talking about it, I'm just going to cry and or scream in anguish for the rest of the podcast. So that's probably not... <laughs> A good idea. Well, well here, this, that's good content. This, this, this <laughs> one's gonna be screaming in anguish is good content. <laughs> this one's gonna be more of me and Travis's alley, so you'll be able to take a break and calm down. Um, so, uh, Mar- Marvel's Avengers, the the game that was being created by Square Enix and Crystal and Crystal Dynamics, has been in development for a long time now. It had been delayed for about uh, seven or eight months. And it is finally going to be coming out, or is is out. I don't know specifically. Um, I forget when the release date was. Uh, I had applied for a review copy, haven't heard anything. I'm kind of sad because I was looking forward to tearing it to shreds. Um, when is the release? September 4th. Was that the 4th? I have not got my code. I'm kind of sad. Anyway, they're not going to want to hear my opinions anyway. But in general, uh, it was announced today in a big uh, blog post, or yesterday, I forget when, but in a big blog post, they came out, Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix came out and said that like all of the monetization that is going to be included in this game. Now, if if all, if all of y'all think back to E3 from a few years ago, I believe it was last year, when they showed the more premiere trailers for this game, and they had said, hey, 
we're not going to have any loot boxes. And this was after the big controversy with EA and, and Star Wars Battlefront 2, and everyone started hyping and hollering like, yeah, Square Enix, yay! And they're like all hyped the idea that a superhero game without loot boxes, because we live in a world where that's kind of a scary prospect. <laughs> and then you look at this at this spreadsheet in this like this giant blog post where they talk about things like for the first time ever in like anything this is the first game i think that that went and did this because there's been the advent of the battle pass the battle pass is something that you paid for it's around like 10 20 bucks between like things like dead by daylight Fortnite, apex legends destiny there's usually like a thing where you pay ten dollars and as you get more experience you unlock new rewards like cosmetics and other things like that like power-ups and shit and it was announced today that each and every character every season of this game that they put out there is going to be a ten dollar battle pass for each and every character and people were pissed. Like, normally, there's one battle pass for everybody. Whatever. You know, a lot of cosmetics, you keep going. The tree staggered for a free and a paid version, so you get cosmetics there, cosmetics there. And, hell, even Fortnite switched to a model where you put $10 into the battle pass, you get your $10 back at the end of the battle pass for extra currency for next season. That way they can keep you invested. And you look at this. And there's like this whole spreadsheet that talk about like your in-game currencies that you can't buy with real dollars and like your real dollars currency that you can buy in like the PSN store or the Xbox store or the Steam store. And it it just screams the lack of care, the lack of companies are bleeding from the coronavirus. And they really didn't care whatsoever when making this game. And I played the demo for this game. And it looks horrendous. Like, I wanted to... I was already skeptical about this game from, from Jump because of how it looked. It looked like sort of the same pitch of what the original Marvel's Avengers game was going to be. Back when the, the Avengers movie was coming out, they were working on a first-person uh, Avengers free roam game. And it was going to like be in its own universe and like have Hawkeye and Black Widow on the team too and yada yada. And... This one looks like the same premise, but in third person, where it's like the humans are involved and Miss Marvel's on the team, and everyone's excited because Miss Marvel's there, and it's like it just—it's very clunky. It's gonna get monetized into the ground, and especially—and I, I even called it too. I said this is gonna get monetized into the ground, despite what they said. And this came out, and it's like, wow, there's a lot of bullshit here, and it's—it's it's just. Wow. Now, to be fair, they said any new characters that would come in, like Black Panther or Ant-Man or Captain Marvel or whoever, that come in, that like they just announced that Hawkeye is going to be like the first wave of DLC. It will be free, but they didn't say they wasn't going to put a battle pass in, and they tricked your ass. I refuse to pay for this shit until it goes to like $20 on a PSN sale, because I refuse. Travis, you're an avid gamer like myself. How do you feel about this debacle? Like they lost their damn mind? <laughs> like, all honest to goodness, dude, like, fucking... I, I, was, I was pretty excited for this game at first, because, like, when, when, when's the last time anyone got to play as Thor? You know what I mean? I couldn't remember the games... Shitty Thor much... game from when the movie came out? Yeah, and that was terrible, but at the same time, that's exactly what they gave us. 
And I thought, I honestly thought that movie games were dead. But <laughs> this game has kind of reminded me that they're they're definitely dead. Well, no, it's like they had pitched this on kind of like the same idea that Sony was working with like Marvel to create sort of a video game universe where Spider-Man's an exclusive, but like this game will be the cornerstone of their entire movie generation. Because to the point that even Spider-Man will be so uh, PS4 and PS5 exclusive DLC for Avengers like in the next few months. Like they pitched this as going to be their platform, their stand that has no connection to the to the to the movies, and was gonna have pe- people like Troy Baker, Travis Willingham, like pe- like people like that playing these characters because they had played these characters before in other voice mediums. They like they don't look like the movies whatsoever, and they're trying to like, make their own thing. And there were so many casuals, like in my mentions, frustrated that they weren't like Chris Evans and shit. And I'm just like, shut up. up. Movie actors don't voice act. (laughs) I mean, they do, but like, uh... generally speaking, like some of them do and some of them can, but the ones that can't that try, you know it. You know what I mean? It's freaking Downey left uh, the Iron Man games, and they had to bring in the dude from Earth's Mightiest Heroes to voice dub him. Dude, I remember um, Tony, Toby Maguire in the old Spider-Man games. Ugh. Those were those were terrible. Those were amazing. <laughs> you can go fuck yourself. Okay, one, Spider-Man the, the, Two the, was the shit. The game Two and was three, the shit. One and three were ass. Two, where you actually get to swing off of buildings and you have access to all of New York and there's no loading screens and shit. That game was amazing. Yeah, but all the like, other ones were garbage. Yeah. <laughs> like three, they just used the same engine and just had new missions, and it was like super horrible. And like they added more loading screens, so no one wanted to play it. They just went back to two. Right. But it's like this game. It like and, and the thing is, it's not horrible. I pl- like I said, I played the demo, but it's just like the maps are very cookie cutter. It's gonna be this. Sort of like how Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 was on Switch, where it's like, you're going to have a million and one missions. Like, there's not going to be, like, full campaigns added or, like, a bunch of free roam shit like Spider-Man. It's going to be new missions come out. That's going to be their, their their way of monetizing, where it's going to be new missions every season. You, and, like, and even in the demo, they were, tr- they were trying uh, to, like, nickel and dime you to work through, a, like, a mini battle pass to unlock new skins at, like, different levels. And I was like... This is a fucking demo! Shut up! Nope, it's the MCU related or adjacent, so they're gonna milk it. And I don't know who the hell they told them that Troy Baker was a good uh, Bruce Banner, but he not. (laughs) Put him back as Hawkeye and leave it alone, because he is not a good Bruce Banner. (laughs) Like... uh... Mary, you're 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 a gamer as well, but uh, this one I I I, I, I want to get you in on this because you're you're a stuff. Apparently, the, apparently the 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 Twitterverse thinks you hate the MCU. So oh, what? You make so, one you make one Twitter thread about how you didn't like Civil War and oh lord. Civil War was trash though. It was all debuts and half-ass fighting. Oh, that, that was gonna be my. That was gonna be that my next topic was talking about Mary's Twitter thread. But I want to get your opinion on this video game first. <laughs> you're to me like this. 
that, that, that was the secret. That was the secret thing on the agenda. But how do you feel? How do you feel about this game? Honestly, like I'm a bit of a snob, and okay. an Avengers game really did not pull my interest. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately. I guess like unfortunately for everyone else, but like now fortunately for me, I have always preferred the X Men to the Avengers to the point that I don't actually pay attention to the Avengers. I'm just like, ooh, X Men. So I'm I'm that bitch. But Fair enough. Every like all of the gameplay that I saw, like the cinematics are cool, but the cinematics are always cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the gameplay really didn't impress me all that much. I do think, um, cause I saw some gameplay from Miss Marvel and that does look really cool because she has kind of an interesting power set. So being able to move that fluidly with clean camera work, like I, I enjoyed that, but I can't even tell what the fuck the structure of this game is supposed to be like. I'm trying to figure out who the hell you play as, who the game even centers around, and then you have the racists who are jumping up and screaming that Kamala exists, and it's just... It is just a big dumpster fire. From when the game was announced to have Kamala in, like, from the first trailer, where you see her in the background at Avengers Day, like, the celebration thing, like, you see her, and the racists were already out in droves. Oh my god! Couldn't even wait. Mm, it's cause, it's because like ever since Comics Game first started, and there will be a day where we finally sit down and, and dissect Comics Game, but I don't have the patience tonight. But in general, it's like ever since Comics Game first came out, around when Riri came out, they've been hell bent on showing that Kamala shouldn't exist, and it's like who the fuck cares? She's not for you. Like people that want be. everything to be for them. I guess who cares. And if they're framing the game from a specific narrative perspective, Kamal is the perfect character to use because she is an in-universe fangirl, so she would serve as a very obvious self-insert for the player. If the mm-hmm. game, if the narrative were structured around you are fighting alongside these heroes kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's supposed to be the case. Like, I just, I do not know. A bunch of people that I knew, that I know, and people that are my friends um are were seemingly unhappy with the beta or the demo or whatever yeah it was pretty rough but i mean it's just one of them their things and if they're gonna nickel and dime the hell out of this you know you have just ruined any goodwill that you had it's gonna be battlefront all over again oh yeah oh Battlefront was rough, and then the, and the thing is, there Battlefront got to a point where like the monetization for that game meant nothing, and then once EA came out and said they weren't gonna like uh, update the game anymore, there was people starting change.org petitions saying, "Hey, can we get more content?" And it was like, "Did weren't we just mad at them for this?" <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> it don't make no damn sense. It just so, it, it yeah. looks like a damn nightmare, and Captain America's face is busted. I mean, his face is busted. I know, I know everyone's clowning his costume, but I love his costume. Like, oh, the costume's it, fine. Just the rendering on his face is busted. Yeah, and like freaking, and and, all, and also the other thing, uh, whoever told y'all Nolan North was a good idea for Tony Stark, you're just asking for more Deadpool and not Tony Stark, and it's annoying. Uh, Travis Willingham is like the best person to ever play Thor next to the guy from Earth's Mightiest Heroes, so, like, that was a good find. 
respect. And also you got Laura, Laura Bailey to be Black Widow, and she's always amazing. So good job on that. But everything else, y'all kind of fail. Also, Sandra Saad, you actually got the, like, the, the, the right kind of person to play Miss Marvel. So good job. But in general, the rest of this movie, the, the movie, the rest of this game looks really freaking bad. I mean, and, it might as well just be another movie. That's clearly what they're going for. Yeah, because like even from the War Room live streams, they're calling it the War Room. Like the War Room live streams, like they're they're hyping this shit up like it's the the, the next generation of monetization in gaming. And I'm just like, can you not? Like, maybe, no. Maybe we should just like leave monetization to optional DLC. That if you want the extra experience, you know, here you go. And but I bet you money that they're gonna strip. They stripped out a bunch of shit from the base game and then packaged it as DLC instead of I don't know actually being creative. I'm Probably. Sorry. I'm sorry. That bugs me. Oh no, that 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 is, that is definitely something to be mad about. And then there's the whole thing where it's like they purposely go out of their way in in the, in the, the press release where it's like oh all of the cosmetics are just in, are just cosmetics they're not game enhancing whatsoever they're just things to make your characters look like, like, like better in different ways and like, like, like there's no like like pay to win mechanics and is there any PvP uh, not that we know of there's only co-op then what the fuck does it matter well and and the thing with that is, the um the the other thing with that is we have stories and news reports over kids fucking kids getting beat up at school for having defaults like not battle pass halved or V-Bucks bought Fortnite skins. So when I hear the oh it doesn't matter that they're cosmetic argument, and I sound like a freaking mouthpiece for for Jim Sterling because I agree with him, like um like th- th- they're kind of still stupid like you literally have kids being bullied for this shit so when I, when i hear uh cosmetic only like i i remember when injustice 2 did it uh cosmetic only and there's cosmetics in that game where they literally change your moves like you had cyborg who went from having um a boom to like who went from like 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 a, a tether to pull him back away from opponents to a freaking boom tube teleport. So when I hear cosmetics are are only cosmetics, I call bullshit because not only you have kids being bullied, but there's still things like oh his shield throws differently or his shield's almost invisible so you can't see it. And yeah, there might not be PvP, but it's still stupid because there's gonna be kids or even adults judging each other for not having that shit. So, it's bullcrap. <sighs> so, there's, th- th- this is very much went from a somber to a bitching episode. And, and, and that's, that, and, but if it makes you feel better, next week's going to be a roast. <laughs> I think y'all are going to have fun. James, I'll, do, I, I'll need, talk about it do I need to remind you what Victoria said? What did Victoria say? That we are the drunk sorority girl of comic book podcasts. I mean, I'm drinking, so it makes sense. <laughs> you're drinking i'm blonde it all works out yeah see um but no um, so our last topic of the evening is gonna be a little bit in depth so like I, like we said last week where we praised DC, dc comics and dc entertainment and warner brothers and at&t for their amazing turnout for dc fandom or dumb whatever the fuck you want to call it um 
you like, like we will still say we, we still offer you praise for that event because y'all not only brought fans from across the country, across the country, across the, the globe together for this event, giving opportunities to host to so many different people from different walks of life or just to get the uh, shout outs and questions answered by different stars. And y'all had like, what was, what was it like 8 million people, Mary? 22 million people in 220 oh, countries. Oh, shit, I was off. Yeah, it was a, in the entire 24-hour time span, it was 22 million people from 220 countries. Jesus. So, Jesus. fandom was an overwhelming success for them. Yeah. So, while we will praise you, DC Entertainment, WB, Warner Brothers, AT&T, all that jazz, um, we are going to have to have a talk. So... A few weeks ago, it was reported that there was going to be large cuts at DC Comics. For like, when we mean cuts, we mean firings. There were firings across the board when it comes to giant layoffs from three weeks ago, where uh, not only did um, Jim Lee's uh, like like uh, like assistant was fired, you had mo- uh, uh, tons of people from from the VP staff, tons of people from from the editing staff that were let go, and and even and even senior VP Bob Harris. But uh, Bob Harris is the one person from that entire catalog of people that were let go that no one gives a fuck about. Literally, you you can ask anybody. You can ask anybody from this, like like like, like any higher up journalist when it comes to this, and they will tell you that Bob Harris is the one name that they were like, you know, we don't really care, but everyone else, we are so sorry you lost your job. And I will say that flat out. Anybody like Bobby Chase, like Brian Cunningham, like Mark Doyle, that if you lost your job as as a result from these firings, I am so sorry from from, from everybody that this podcast. We are so sorry that you lost your jobs because of these cuts. But Bob Harris, bye. <laughs> but in, in like, and there might be a day where we finally go over all that. But that's, today is not the night for that. But in general, it's one of those things where it's like DC not only has um, parted ways from Dan Didio, but has made these slashing cuts. And it's like, what the hell is about to happen to DC? And we're concerned because not only are we like in a, in, a, in a position where you have things like um, DC collectibles, like almost all, wasn't it all of DC collectibles, uh, Mary? I don't remember off the top of my head. Okay, uh, I believe it was almost all of DC collectibles, but I, cu- I could be wrong. But in general, the majority of DC collectibles, all these editors were just cut. And now you have a DC Comics that is looking very strange and very concerning. And it's like, oh. And they were fired on a Monday. Of, of like, Who fires people on a Monday? I think the thing that we, uh, that was uh, failed to be brought up is that this wasn't a DC isolated layoff. It, yeah, that's were, my fault. There, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 you're fine. I just want to... Um, uh, mentioned that this these were Warner Brothers wide layoffs that this DC just happened to be the next domino to fall kind of a thing that you know Warner Brothers has been cutting people left and right 
Um, some people are saying that AT&T is stepping in to do a shakeup. Other people are saying that Warner Brothers has lost a lot of money because of coronavirus. I, it's probably a bit of, you know, all of the above. But um, DC was just the next to get hit. And I want to say, what was it, like a third of the editorial staff got canned? Yep, it was yeah. a third. And I mean, you know, like James said, there were a lot of, you know, hardworking people who lost their jobs. And my heart definitely goes out to them because, you know, they were working in an industry I'm sure that they were nothing but passionate about. And it's just, it was, it was a hard day for a lot of people. But uh, yeah, Bobby Boy can go fuck himself. <laughs> I got like my buttons was like no. Like Travis could express in short words. Him would just be appalled. James, you kinda sound like a Charlie Brown's parent. Yeah, wah 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 Yeah, you'll wanna good? you'll wanna repeat what you just said. Um, Travis, if 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 we could like put into easy words how Bob Harris was, you would be appalled. Okay. Let me put yeah, you this so... way, Travis Whoa. Eddie Berganza. I don't know that reference, but I trust you guys. So yeah. fuck Bob. We'll talk later. We, yeah. we, we, there might be a day where we finally like do break all that bullshit down. But in general, um, now we are living in a world where um, the new the two the, like uh, we have Jim Lee who has uh, stepped down as a publisher from what we have been told, um, and as being is just in the role of a chief creative officer. And I hate to make this comparison, but you had Jim Lee being paraded around all of DC fandom, was the only comics creator at DC fandom. And you would have people looking to him like, hey, Jim, you know comics. What, what is the comics involved here? And I could just see the, like fire behind Jim Lee's eyes, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, what's happening? I, mm-hmm. Oh God. Jim, I'm shocked I still have a job, Lee. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's not meant to be a dig. That's just kind of a statement. But yeah. you know, the second half of fandom comes September 12th, I want to say. Don't quote me. Yes. But yes, that's that's going to be the comic book side. Yeah, and that hopefully will be their attempt to recover from this. But a lot of the words that are being said was the people who put together DC fandom were basically let go right before it it happened, mm-hmm. and now you have Marie Javins and uh, M- M- Michelle Wells who are taking oh. over uh, uh, like uh, freaking editor in chief positions at DC, and this could be some great shit. You have people like Michelle Wells who helped head DC Inc when it first came out. You have like like both of them have amazing credentials behind them, so. This could be a new sign for DC. I know at at the, the the DC fandom, Jim Lee was talking about that. Finally, um, uh, friggin' John Ridley was getting to write his Luke Fox story about Batman. So there is promise to to be held here, and like the, there is a future at DC possible. But a lot of the fear with DC going forward right now is the idea that there might not be a DC left soon. Or at least it'll come to a point where they're bare, they're barely publishing anything. And Mary, you you like myself care about comic history, and we are reaching a point where there could be a a really big shakeup when it comes to how DC does things. And I want to get your vibe on this. 
I think the, oh my God, they're going to shut down DC Comics forever. That, that's poppycock. It is absolute poppycock. That would be hand, that, that is giving up money to, with ugh. Batman consistently turns a profit. Yeah. Are, are they really going to, is, is AT&T really that stupid? That they're gonna flush Batman money down the toilet. True, but I see us getting to a point where it's it, it's like Batman, Superman, Wendy, and like no one else are getting books, and like if anything, they're just digital exclusives. I feel like like Diana, Bruce, and Clark are gonna be the only ones that get books, and everybody else is like graphic novel based only. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that AT&T clearly wants to turn DC into an IP farm that, you know, they want to expand out into more movies, more TV shows, more animated shows, animated movies, whatever, because those are consistently more profitable. And, you know, from a business standpoint, that does make sense. But the thing is, is that the direct market is has been like unstable for decades now. Yeah. And, you know, the direct market is no longer proving to be a viable option. But I can see, I can very easily see DC scaling back the number of books it publishes in physical. In, like, actual physical single issues, I can see them scaling that back real fast. I think um, print issues could are, are probably on their way out. I think Marvel will be the last one holding on to that because so much of their sales depends on their print issues because of their stupid variant covers. But DC doesn't really play the variant game. So the speculator market is really the only thing driving up the value of these issues. So I could see potentially DC moving to single issues or digital exclusives, and then trades will be published in print as well as digital. I could see that very easily. But the whole, I, they're going to shut down DC forever and they're going to have to sell Marvel off to Bat, they're going to have to sell Batman off to Marvel, blah, blah, blah. I think that's oh. just, that's ridiculous. She's not kidding. Like the comics gators and all these other motherfuckers who are like throwing DC is over parties. Like this has been a topic for, on the table for a long time, especially when, when Dadio was let go or even when 5G or whatever the hell it's going to be or if it's going to be a thing at all. Like whatever that is or was going to be was announced. You had all these people saying DC's dead. They're going to sell their IPs to Marvel. They could sell their IPs to IDW. And I. I'm with Mary when it comes to the idea that DC has to at least consistently publish a Batman book or, like, five Batman books, um, one Superman book, otherwise, uh, Sheagle and Suster's family will come for their, come for their asses, mm. um, or, and a Wonder Woman book because of how much money Wonder Woman made because, like Black Panther, now both DC and Marvel know you cancel those books and people are gonna come for your ass. Like, those are the three, like, the Trinity that you get rid of one and things are going to happen badly. So at the very least, you will see those three. You will at least see a Harley Quinn book at, at the most in digital print. You will see a um, Doom Patrol book will probably come back soon because of how well the show's doing. Doom Patrol will come back. You will see um, t Titans slash Teen Titans in some form because of how good the Walmart books have been doing. Um, Flash still has an audience. Um, Aquaman has an audience. Shazam needs to get a book going besides John's because of how well the movie did. Um, but, uh, Justice League might have a future. But in general, DC is going to get to a point where they have, like, 
less than 10 titles and the rest if if at all will be straight to graphic novel and i know there's a lot of people who have suggested and i think travis i don't know how you would feel about this one specifically but the manga model where it's like you have like one digital issue will come out per month or per 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 week or whatever and then Uh in a couple months you get the paperback trade that comes out in physical and then you can buy that so that's what a lot of people are saying might become DC or even Marvel's future. What do you I think mean, about that? I mean, that? that would make a lot of sense because manga, dude, there are so many manga out there that they just crank them out and they'll cancel them like it's nobody's business because it's yeah. so everyone wants to be a manga writer or artist. And when it's all black and white released in huge volumes, they can do that. Yeah. But the so thing that, is, oh, go ahead. No, so it, it, to me, it makes a lot of sense, but. Uh, on that same hand, American audiences and, and sensibilities are a lot different. I do think, especially now that we do have these new editors-in-chief, you're going to see, I, I don't want to say a full, like, ultimate-style reboot of DC. I, wa- I, I do think that there is a new reboot coming. Um, if 5G still exists, I think it will come. At the very least, to the point that you'll see a 5G, which fi- the original pitch for 5G, for anybody who, did, who hasn't like read the articles or seen the videos, whatever have you, um, the, the the premise for 5G is that like Luke Fox will be Batman, Jonathan Kent will become Superman, and um, uh, um, I cannot Nubia, uh, Wonder Woman's sister would become the the new Wonder Woman because and like there will be a new pantheon of, of Justice League p- people and new heroes of more diverse variety because of the fact of like oh DC's been white for too damn long so the, there's been this talk of an idea floating around and possibly existing um, when the deal was let go there was rumors that it was canned um, Luke Fox being announced at the DC fandom says maybe not but we don't know. In well, I mean, general, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, well, the thing is, is that it's still kind of hanging in the publication balance because um, that Wonder Woman story was published. Because uh, 5G was going to completely restructure the DC timeline, that Wonder Woman was going to be the first, he- the, the first hero, and then it was going to move through, and then the current continuity would have taken place, I want to say, like a generation or so into the future. Mm. So. And it, it's like, it, go ahead. Oh, it was just, it was going to completely re- kind of like reverse engineer the timeline shit that they did with Crisis. So, but, you know, it's Dio having to try and shake up the uh, Etch-A-Sketch to try and figure out what the fuck he's gonna do. But I think Javins and Wells probably are, you know, running around the Burbank office with fire extinguishers trying to figure out what the fuck to do. But... My thing is, is that in terms of publication, I think we need to watch Milestone very carefully because I bet money, however they handle Milestone on the publication side, will potentially be the model that they shift to. Especially because they set out the gate that, oh, here's a static graphic novel. Hey, Milestone is coming back in some digital first ways and possibly a print version. And that right there, when they said that, I was like, ooh, maybe my suspicions are correct. That they're going to have a thing where, oh, this team will have a title. This 
uh, like duo like Hawk and Dove or what have you will have a title. Doom Patrol will have a title. But like, say, what they were doing with the young adult books where they'll try like a Mara book out, but it'll only be in graphic novel. Not to say Mara specifically, but because like the first young adult novel was Mara. Or you'll see a Animal Man book come out, or like 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 just whatever random indie character they can pull from, like Poison Ivy, whatever like like the fans are really craving for, they'll do like one of those, and then they might even start doing polls of like, what do y'all want to see? Here's a creative team list of what do y'all want to see? What do you want to see brought forward? But like, here's the five books you'll get per month, and that's all you're gonna get plus these digital firsts. The problem, unfortunately, with that model is that graphic novels are nothing but unsustainable because delays are common. Why do you think Marvel and DC almost never do original graphic novels? Is because delays are stupid common. Yeah, but if you look at something like Injustice that Tom Taylor's been doing for so long, where you'll have, like, the digital first books come out, bam, bam, week, week, or month, month, and it'll be, okay, cool, here's the graphic novel. I think if they do do the manga style like that, and they're smart about it, and they have the issues or whatever down ahead of time, that could be something that could impact the market really. Especially when you have that, now really, the Walmart books. James. James. Wah, 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 wah. Oh, wah, wah, wah. I'm, I'm in there. Yeah. How does it stop as soon as you're notified? That's weird. That, that, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's weird. But um, look but at the Walmart books. My point, um, the my Walmart point, books have, have like... Okay. My, my point was you were talking about like, you know, Tidebreaker and stuff like that. That's what my point was for. That, okay. in, that increasing the number of original graphic novels, like while festive, is potentially unsustainable because all the work has to be done at once. With, you know, the manga style or the single in- the single issue style that we currently have, the work is spaced out and then collected at a later date. So the trades are almost never delayed because if the single issues are delayed, then we see a trade delay. But when was the last time that we saw a trade delay for a book that was published rather consistently? Hmm. But... So DC is definitely at a point where the game is going to change. Um, we do, we obviously don't know. We're we're still kind of shooting blanks for right now because like like Mary said, we have a few weeks until the next part of DC Fandom comes out. Um, there might be more announcements between now and then, or even during that or afterwards, but we don't know for now. We're kind of just shooting in the dark. But in general, I'm really concerned. You have things like milestone being announced in everyone's faces while these people are being fired and i'm like huh like how are you announcing new titles when you're cutting like a third of your staff milestone is coming back because a the lawsuit is handled but b i love milestone you know probably it is one of my absolute favorite comic publishers but james it's an ip farm and it's an easily sellable IP farm. Black superheroes. Yeah. Damn. And I, I always hate, you know, when I'm, you know, the over-rational asshole who has to, like, chisel everything down into corporate optics. But, I mean, I don't think that, you know, all of this is coincidence. I mean, you know, that when AT&T is, you know, they, they're very, you know, transparent about the fact that they just, you know, they, they got handed 
probably the most famous IP in, you know, going on right now because, you know, Marvel, DC, rivalry aside, what have you, Batman is the most profitable comic book character in history. No other hero can hold a candle to the profitability of Batman except maybe Superman. And, you know, DC's been beating that horse for a long time, but people are getting a little sick of it. So then they're just kind of turning their gaze to everything else that's over here. So I think we're going to see a reduction in what is published, but an increase in what is being adapted. That I think you're right, James, in the sense that we're going to see, like, the Trinity and the Justice League, and that's pretty much it being published. But I think, you know, we're going to see a lot more getting adapted because adapted properties are typically more profitable. Yeah. I think I think we're going to see certain things slotted in certain age demographics um, because look at Titans versus Teen Titans Go!, Teen Titans, <laughs> you know, chuckle, cry all you want. Teen Titans Go is far exceeded the popularity of the original cartoon. Agreed. I will give you that, that it I has mean, done well. But I hate the whole, like, let's have both in the same universe and do that whole thing. I hated that. Make them fight and then be like, you fans are terrible. Pretty it's much. And then, like, and then it was the whole thing where it was like, for years, you had Tara Strong, Greg Sipes, Kari Payton, um, dude who plays Robin, I forget his name, but he was uh, Dwayne on uh, Full House. Um, you had all those dudes, like, being like, oh, if you guys want to see the original Teen Titans come back, you got to, like tell the the people about it and then it was like okay hey, cool y'all suck we want go and it's like I, and, and i will say i i i have i have got over my beef with go because i used to hate go for being the replacement for young justice's time slot back in the olden days but i will still say go is a runaway hit and go deserves all the praise in the world for like crushing every demographic and showing that kids and adults can enjoy teen titans so yes teen i will titans. give you that one Teen Titans go. Uh, Teen Titans go to the movies is fucking hysterical. It, yes, it, it is. It, it, it is just meta comedy. The scene where they push the Waynes into the alley. Oh and God. Shot. The whole, the entire, just the whole ripping on the challengers of the unknown. Like, it's. I, I, I still said they missed a golden opportunity to bring back Ron Perlman, but like, I'll let it go. Oh, like, no, the movie is absolutely hysterical. I have not yeah. laughed that hard in ages. It's so much scarier when you say it like this. <laughs> freaking Stan Lee got a freaking cameo for like crying out loud. And it was like the last cameo he did, and it was over a freaking voice call. Like they they oh, were DC flick, right? Like that movie is tight, but like I I get what you're saying, Mary. That like like the IP farm is running rampant at this point. Because I mean, what do you think is going to be more profitable, a book about static or a movie about static? Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, a movie yeah. about static, and then a book that takes place immediately after the events of the movie. Mm. Mm. But I mean, especially if you know they take, yeah, let's use the example of uh, Icon and Rocket for example. If they make a you know Chris Reeves esque movie about Icon, it it will do very well. Or th- there was all those things of Michael B. Jordan beginning talks at DC. He could end up being hardware, so that that could totally be a thing. If someone is listening, you should do something with Shadow Cabinet. Just saying. Um, jo- yeah, yeah, yeah. 
sorry, Shadow Cabinet, it's my favorite property. It, it, it's it, it's kind of the pseudo bad guy fun. It's got the lesbians, like, I'm just saying. No, Travis. Why do you say it like that? Like, it's like, the Travis, bad guy fun. It's got the lesbians. Well, they're kind of, they're a pseudo villainous team. Like, they're the quote unquote bad guys, but there's some moral ambiguity there. Right. But no, and it does have lesbians. Like Milestone went hard with the gays from the get-go. Dwayne McDuffie's like, you know what? Let's let, let's let's do some gay stuff. And Comic Books is like, wait, what? No, you can't do that. And he's like, I don't give a shit. Let's do some gay stuff. They kind of pulled that 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 Eminem's commercial. And they do exist. They do exist. <laughs> the thing is, is that. Think about 90s Marvel and DC. Like, yeah, there were gay characters, but you couldn't say it. I mean, things had to be done through innuendo, things like that. Uh Uh-uh. There is a follow-up series to Shadow Cabinet called Heroes. I want to say it was published in, like, 96. Uh, Protesters are actually, like, protesting against the lesbian heroes because one of them outs them on TV. And they have signs that have, like, real heroes have values. Like, the Westboro Baptist Church is, like, yep. protesting the superheroes. Like, that real is... Real heroes have values, huh? Yeah. I'll, have, I'll, have to I'll... Dig out, I'll have to dig out the issues where you can take a picture. It's hysterical. And, I mean, like, dog, Milestone wasn't wasn't afraid to speak on shit. Like, what, during, the, like, like, the craziness of, like, the, the pregnancy era when it, when it was in the 90s and whatnot, they mm-hmm. did a whole thing of fucking Static banging his girlfriend on the couch and had a condom in frame, and DC told him to take it out. Like, mm-hmm. they, they, they were not afraid of controversy. So, I am worried. The one thing I am worried about when it comes to Milestone is the idea that if they try to censor anything that goes on with these books, they people won't. are going to go insane i mean at this point in con at this at this point in the way comics have progressed probably not especially with milestone's reputation i don't think javins and wells are that's or are gonna oh Oh, sorry i had to burp uh but i don't think javins and wells are gonna step in and put in like you know 90s restrictions on it Oh no! If there are enough pockets, they'll get away with it. But no, it's just I, I have but... '90s pockets. No, <laughs> my, my, my joke didn't land. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about it that you said it. I'm like, oh, pockets. <laughs> um, but no. So it's just DC is on some really shaky ground right now, and I'm scared. Travis, we we've been talking a lot about history. Do you have any opinions on everything that's been going on here? Um, honestly, uh, I want to see DC do something different, but on that same hand, I I do worry about them getting rid of all the comic stuff cuz yeah, it's an IP farm and all that, but the IPs came from comics. You know? Mm-hmm. And then what is this what does this mean for new publications? Cuz like I don't care how many times people tell me it's probably not going to happen. I need more motherfucking issues of Naomi. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. You know what I'm Such saying? Such a good book. Such a good book. 
Right, and then they just like stopped doing it after six issues. It was like this is co- this is fine, right? You guys are cool with this? No, well, the whole no. idea, the, the whole idea with Wonder Comics before randomly when everything that was the other thing that came with all these cuts was that like books are getting canceled left and right. Aquaman, Teen Titans, Young Justice, ev- everything's just getting canceled left and right to the point that like I think Justice League, Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, and like like a handful of other books are the only ones that haven't been canceled. So it's like. That's the other thing where it's like, oh, um, I was trying to thought. Naomi, the original plot for Wonder Comics, which was Bendis's imprint, was they were gonna do seasons like a TV show. So like the the first season was gonna be that first Naomi trade, and then like next season in like a year we were to get season two. But it's been a year since the last issue of Naomi came out, I believe. So it's, yep. it's because Bendis's Superman was a flop. You know, Young Justice, James, please don't hurt me, has been oh, it's, kind of, oh, it's, bad. It's, it's been bad. floppy. Like, it's Bendis is a rival at DC that they heralded with those stupid title pages that actually kind this of started. It felt like a threat, and I think <laughs> it kind of was. Like, it felt like a threat. I, I remember I remember uh, Chip, Sadarsky, Chip Sadarsky's post where it's like, can you warn us first? But, I mean, Bendis came to DC... And on his way up the steps, tripped, landed on his face, and then rolled down the steps. Like, that, you know, it didn't... He shot himself in the foot with the whole, you know, I actually destroyed Krypton alien thing. Oh, God. Rogelzar. Bruh, Rogelzar, not explaining the Young Justice continuity holes, aging up Jonathan, which pissed off, like, half the fucking DC fan base, where you have, like, this perfect child that everyone loves and is, like, the new start, and, like, because say what you will about um the people who say that, oh, I can't get into Superman, he's not relatable. The minute you gave him a father, like, you gave him the ability to be a father figure, like, that was the doorway for half of those people. So when you're like, oh my kid's in the future and he's older now and like me and my wife are having beef over god knows what because i don't i refuse to read that book but like there was a point where lois and clark were living separately for some reason while john was in space and i'm like what the it, fuck? D- it didn't make any sense i read it and i can't make sense of it <laughs> And Greg Rucka's like, you know what? We're not gonna do that in this Lois Lane book. <laughs> His Lois, oh my god, it was so funny, because everything Bendis was trying to do, he's like, you know what? I'm not gonna do that. I imagine he has some kind of Victorian-style typewriter, you know, Victorian-style uh, uh, typewriter or something, just sitting there going, nah, I'm not gonna do this. Greg Rucka, if you're listening, you have an, an, an eternal invitation onto this show. We would love to have you. It would be an hour of me crying. <laughs> I am unworthy to be. <laughs> I'd just be crying and saying I'm unworthy. Just translating. It's like, like, what is she saying? I am unworthy. I am unworthy. But no, so like, in general, like DC is in some scary shit right now. And we're scared. So, um, uh, but we are going to go ahead and wrap up the show, folks. Um, Next week we will return, and we you, uh, you will have to check out our social media in the next few days to figure out what next week's episode is going to be about. But let's just say you've been drafted, and we will be going into uh... <laughs> <laughs> very got the joke. Um, <laughs> it was but... my, 
I, I just want to say that this was my idea, and you're going to hate me for it. It was Mary's idea, and like because we were like, you know, we ever like a lot of people loved our Cry for Justice episode. Uh, we want to get back into some good roasts, so uh, we will be back next week with some good shit for you. Uh, don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, all those great places. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. You can check out the website on Comics Ground on Twitter and Instagram at on Comics Ground, and you can check out the website on ComicsGround.com hyphens between those words for me, where you can check out all of our amazing content, like reviews, like previews, like Travis's amazing uh, op-ed he wrote th- uh, this morning at like three in the morning in tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Um, Travis, that was beautiful. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so, I, I wrote that shit as soon as I found out about it, and was like, all right, I need to reach out. And yep. I got quotes from all the blurred peers and shit because oh god such a terrible loss yeah so once again rest in power chadwick boseman um mary uh i clowned you i wasn't i I wasn't really gonna call you out about your twitter fiasco but what is your closing statement what is your closing statement for this episode of blurred grounds I uh, Grounds, like, panel, panel, panel. I know. <laughs> wrong say, podcast. Um... Jesus, wrong podcast. Panel, the panel. Uh, what, like, what is, what is your... for, yeah. My closing statement for Blurred Grounds is why am I here? <laughs> and, um... <laughs> Tomorrow. You know, play that, uh, play that uh, TikTok sound. It's like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> but um, I did not enjoy Civil War. We we might have to do a, re- a review of Civil War at some point. Um, I finally I finally sat down and made myself watch it, and I'm like, wow, I did not enjoy this movie at all. I, you know what? I'll say it right here, and anybody who wants to come at me on Twitter can at uh, James C. Porter's three. Um, Civil War was not. <laughs> come, come at me, motherfuckers, because I had a I had a freaking uh, transphobe in my tweets this morning coming at me for calling out J.K. Rowling, and I didn't give a fuck. But uh, y'all want to come at me? I don't I don't care. Um, Civil War was ass. Um, the only good things about that movie were Tom Holland and Chadwick Boseman and, and Anthony Mackie, but in general... It's also what I said about Spider-Man that got me in trouble. Oh, dear. Um, I called him uh-oh. Robin. <laughs> I mean... Oh, I mean... They, they, uh, no, they took one of the most influential superheroes in history and turned him into 1940s Dick Grayson. You're not wrong. He is Robin. I like as much as it hurts, and I used to have arguments with, uh, like with people about this. Is like, yeah, he is basically just Robin. <laughs> but in general, um, if y'all to come at me, I, I will say it flat out: Civil War was ass. Like, fucking Chris Evans making out with with, with, his, with his grandniece is just gross. Um, especially <laughs> like 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 yeah, um, Sharon Carter and him have a thing in the comics. But especially when the same directors retcon him going back to the past later, it's like, are you fucking your niece, dogs? <laughs> right, like they're genetically related now. Ugh, what have you done? Right, so it's like that was just disgusting. Um, like I, I, I could go on about that damn movie. Uh, the the only good thing about that entire movie, like from a cinematic perspective, is the United We Stand Super Bowl commercial with like they're all in black and white and like their costumes are flashing. That was the best fucking part of that whole damn movie. But um, and also the the, the all the all the Black Panther scenes because Black Panther was, was god tier. But in general, yeah, Civil War was ass. Um. Travis, what is your closing statement for episode 39 of Panel to Panel? Uh, Civil War was ass, full of gimmicks. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, Twitter. It was literally just, all right, we're going to make Ant-Man get big, uh, and we're going to give you the kid and the black guy. Cool? Cool. The movie sucked. 
if if the movie doesn't even compare, not even not even remotely, not even parallel, not even tangentially to the comic arc, it sucks. Just saying out loud. The comic arc for Civil War and even Civil War Two was better than the movie. Come for me. Well, Civil War Two, so get ready for that. Um, but okay, uh, my my closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel: um, Support your local comic book shop in any way you can. I know coronavirus is a bitch, but like, support your local comic book shop in any way you can. Um, Civil War was ass. Um, Civil War Two was ass. Um, but we'll get to that one day. Um, we come back next week where we talk about. Uh, Literally, I, I I I think the best way to describe this book for me is this is the book that like for two years I hated Dick Grayson. <laughs> like I'm what? not I'm not even kidding you. Um, like, I, I I vividly recall because like I had started I had started reading John's his teen, John's Teen Titans and I appreciated him for what for what Nightwing did in that book and then I read this book and I was like you know what I'm good fam. But I came back around. <laughs> but, um, and also this is the book that, that made me hate the writer for a long time. But in general, we will be back next week for a lot of fun, some good roasts. Uh, we will catch you folks next time right here at Panel 2 Panel. Peace out.